With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The books of the Bible. We're in Leviticus chapter 19. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Yahshua, as we go through this study. Leviticus chapter 19, we have another thing that God wanted to talk about to Moses to tell the people, starting in verse 9. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. So, you see, this was the setup of a new nation. And God, of course, knew when they set up a new nation that there was going to be people that were poor. Not everybody is able to have um, wealth of any kind, and they make bad decisions, or they get sick, or family members get sick. So there's always going to be the poor, as Jesus told us. So what this is saying is that if you have farmland and you grow, you know, a harvest some kind of crops on your land, don't make sure (laughs) that you get every single piece of grain or grape or whatever it is that you're growing on the land and, and take every single one and make sure there's nothing left. No. God is saying, um, thou shalt not holy reap the corners of thy field which means don't go up to the corners do a circle as you're growing so that the corners will be left of the field there's some um, harvest still to be had and thou shall not glean thy vineyard neither shall thou gather every grape of thy vineyard thou shall leave them for the poor and the stranger You understand, God is explaining about doing your part for the poor. That's right, doing your part for the poor. It isn't giving money to somebody and then have that somebody take care of the poor. No, if you have land, then here, this is what God wants you to do. God wants everybody to help out with what they have available. And this is regarding, you know, it's talking about if someone has a field, if someone has something. And this is, you're not supposed to give it to an organization. See, I can't stand those organizations, those charities, because guess what? The money that you pump in there, as they have found out, mostly goes to those running the organization, like Red Cross. Sounds like a great thing, except for the one who runs the Red Cross gets paid about a million dollars a year. There's no reason for that. It's an inside job. You get it? Only the high echelon of society are allowed to have those types of jobs. So the Red Cross goes because the person is being paid off, you know, all that money to wherever they're told to go and help out. So don't get involved with organizations. Don't start an organization yourself regarding taking care of 
the needy or the poor. What you need to do is see what God told us to do singly, ourselves. So if you've got land and you grow crops, then, you know, leave some of it for the poor and leave a sign because you know as well as I know today in this world that everybody's saying no trespassing on my land. You've got these people who have deers and animals on their land that they don't hunt, yet they're there. And it's all. it used to be that you could go on people's land and just hunt for deer, and that's meat for your family. Because if you had land to hunt for the deer, guess what? <laughs> You'd go and hunt it on your own land. But since you don't have land, you want to hunt some deer and get some food for your family because that's what venison's for. You can't do anything with venison except give it to your family. It isn't like you can set up a market or a restaurant or something. It's for the person and their family. So guess what? They don't allow that. So when you've got these fields, if you're a farmer, um, you know, one of the other things is, uh, you know, whatever you have on your farm, let the poor know that they can take it, put up a sign so they don't think they're trespassing, so they know the deal. Understand? That's how we help the poor. Those that don't have something that we have. So, and that's God saying, what does he say next? I am the Lord your God. So that's Yahweh. I am Yahweh, your God. And you've got to take care of the poor. He's showing them how to do that. You shall not steal. Okay? So these are rules in society. You shall not steal. Don't steal. Don't take things that don't belong to you. Which comes to the point of Say someone has a field um, and they haven't harvested their field yet or they have a vineyard and they haven't taken any of their fruit yet from the vineyard or the trees or whatever. Now, when you go in there before the owner goes in there and gathers from them, you are stealing. God isn't saying go in before the owner. Let the owner get what the owner needs to get. The owner has its, his rules, her rules, but so do you. So if you go in there without permission onto somebody's property and you steal from them, that's stealing. Understand? Neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. So here, these are basic rules, okay? So these are simple rules. Don't deal falsely with each other. Don't lie to each other. It's how you get along. It's how you have a good society. Look around you today in the society we have. Look around at Israel in the time of its being a nation and why God um, destroyed Israel as a nation and put them into captivity was because he had rules and they weren't following the rules and they weren't treating the poor the right way. They weren't treating the widows the right way. They weren't treating the orphans the right way, those that are in debt to them the right way. See, they weren't doing what the law said. The law has rules. And the rules are so that God's way is the right way. And if you do it your way, it is not the right way. So that's what this is about. When you're setting up a um, nation or a group, you can set up a group like this, follow the rules of God. Don't make up your own stuff. And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, I am the Lord. So what he, God is saying is, 
when you make a, an agreement with someone, don't make an agreement and use my name and break your agreement. Don't do it. He says, using my name falsely. So, yes, I swear to God I'm going to do it. You understand? And then not do it. That's what God is talking about. It says, Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Here's an interesting one. It's been done away with. I don't know anybody that actually does this. And this is the way God wants it to be. You see, it's talking about defrauding your neighbor, and it has to do with hiring your neighbor to do work for you. You see, God's way is the right way, and that is that when you go to work for someone, you're the boss, the one that hired you, must, according to God's law, pay you before sundown. That's right. When you're finished with the work for the day, you must pay the person whatever it is that you were supposed to pay them. But you see, that doesn't happen today. And so people have to go, they even got two weeks in advance now that you've got to work for people. Two weeks, and then on the third, at the end of the third week, you, you finally get a paycheck. That's crazy. Okay, so you're actually defrauding your neighbors. You're actually not paying them and you're having them work for free. How do you expect them to live? See, that's the reason why God has these rules. When you set up a nation, make sure you do these things this way. But you see, greed got into the picture especially in nowadays, and I'm sure in Israel's day, if we checked it out, we'd find out they did the same thing. And what happens today is that when you work for your boss, your boss has the effort that you put in, whatever it is that you did for him, he takes that and he sells it. And he makes money with it. He takes the, um, you know, the product that you did for him and he sells it, makes money, and then he uses that money instead of paying you and then whatever's left over. Then he can do his, you know, put the money for interest or do whatever he wants to do. You understand? That's not what they do. What they do is that when they make their money, when they, you make something for them, they sell it, they keep the money, and then they make interest on it or whatever they do with it, which is not God's way. So this is to all of you out there that are, you know, business people. If you're business people, and you have employees, understand God has a right way of doing things. And if you don't do it the right way, then you're going against God's way. And you might wonder why your business is not as successful as you think it should be. Well, I'm doing everything I should do. I don't cheat no people. I don't charge outrageous prices to people. But my business isn't doing that well. I'm a Christian. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but my business isn't doing what it's supposed to do. It's not successful like it should be successful. I'm working hard. I'm doing what I think I should do. Guess what? Probably you're holding back the people's money. Give them the money every single day. I don't care if the payroll would be a nightmare. God doesn't care about that either. Do it God's way and get blessings. Let's continue here. 14. Thou shalt not curse the deaf. Of course, 
What is that talking about? It's talking about um, treating someone with a disability, death, in other words. So cursing the deaf. Can a deaf man hear your curses? No. But... So if they can't hear your curses, why doesn't God care? Why does God care if you curse them or not? It's because of the way it looks to other people. It means treating those with disabilities the wrong way. And nor put a stumbling block before the blind but shall fear thy God. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh, is what God says. So a stumbling block means that someone can't see. There's actually people that are mean enough that they would actually put something in the way of the person so that they trip over it. And then they think it's funny, you see. And so you can look at this stuff from that flesh perspective. And there's definitely people that act that way. So make sure when someone is disabled that you're not treating them poorly or badly. But we can look at this from the perspective of the spiritual world, meaning the spiritual man, our spiritual maturity. So if we're going to look at this from that perspective, look at this one. Thou shalt not curse the deaf. What is it? Who's deaf? Deaf is those that don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. That's the blind and the deaf. They don't have ears to hear. They don't have eyes to see. Guess what? You're not supposed to make fun of, put down, tell those that don't have spiritual eyes that they're no good. You understand that they're not good enough, that they're not Christians, that they're going to hell. You understand? That's cursing them. <laughs> you know, so all these evangelists that go out there and say, hey, you're not a Christian, you're going to hell. Hey, you're a Mormon, you're going to hell. Sorry, not, not what you're supposed to do. If those people are spiritually blinded, where they can't see that their church is doing wickedness and teaching them wickedness and leading them on the wrong path, you should try to help them, not hurt them. Um, So same thing, the stumbling block before the blind. Same thing, you know, A stumbling block would be, I heard about this and it was, it just affected me so badly um, when I heard about what pastors were doing up in Salt Lake City. There's pastors that think they're doing what God wants them to do, and they go to the Mormon churches, and the Mormons all come out, you know, around the same time, And they're all carrying their Book of Mormon mostly. And they will go up to the young children, you know, the children, and they pull the Book of Mormon out of their hands, the children now, and they throw it on the ground and stamp on it and tell the children, because they read this book, they're going to hell. You see, there's Christians that say, hey, that's great. That's great. You should do that. No. (laughs) Those children are children who says that they have spiritual eyes. They are supposed to follow in the footsteps of their parents. Now, Mormons are pretty good people. So their parents are teaching them to do what's right uh, in the world, in a worldly sense. Get a job work hard, be honest, and all the rules. That's part of being a Mormon. So those children may be being led astray 
by blind parents. But you, as a Christian, throwing their book that they believe in on the ground, stamping it and telling them to go into hell is a stumbling block. Because who would want to be connected to someone that acts like that to children? You understand the stumbling block is they don't want to have... Hey, (laughs) us Mormons, we don't do that. Look at what these people are doing. I don't want nothing to do with that. You're making a stumbling block so that they're more entrenched in being a Mormon because the Mormons are better people, more holy people, than the Christians appear to be to them. Sad. So that can apply to anything Jehovah Witnesses or whatever group that, you know, is being, is blind and being led astray by their leaders. And so what does it say at the end of verse 14? But shalt fear thy God, I am Yahweh. So the reason why you don't do that is because you're supposed to fear God. Because guess what? If you do that to these people that are either believe in Jesus or don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be in trouble and going to have to answer to God for that. That isn't the way Jesus did it. And if Jesus didn't do it, we're not supposed to do it. Remember that. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shall thou judge thy neighbor. So God is saying, he's explaining and saying that, listen, I've got rules, I've got punishments, and I don't care if the person is rich or poor, I want you to follow my rules, and then if they break my rules, I want you to punish them the way that I told you to punish them. You know, it's, uh, it's funny God's one of his rules is that if people are getting other people to stop worshiping God and bringing in a new idol into the, um, you know, to town, in Israel's case, uh, God's law said to destroy the idol and kill the person and anybody connected to the idol worship. Kill them, stone them. The whole have the whole city stone them or burn them or kill them, get rid of them. And God says the reason why is so that you get rid of the bad in the nation. It's pretty simple, you see. So when that happens, you have people that, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> I know the rules of God. <laughs> they they killed the last person or the last family that brought in some stuff that had nothing to do with God, brought in this idol. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to die, you see? <laughs> so, so they would, so the people would not be breaking God's law because, guess what? <laughs> They knew if they did that the judgment of those in power, those in charge, would follow the judgments of God. They would follow what God said to do. And we here in America, in the Old West, if we had the hanging, you could watch people be hanged if they did bad things and there's other things that, you know, that they did that, uh, you know, you could uh, you could watch these things happen, and it was a deterrent for those that were, you know, the citizens. They said, "Well, I don't want to be hung by the neck, and if I get caught, I'm going to get hung." Consequences. So, guess what? They didn't do that. Of course, you had the bad people that did, and they got hung, and and then they went away. But the majority of the people are not like that. And so instead of them being hung, they just did what they were supposed to do because they understood the consequences. 
And that's what this is talking about in verse 15. 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among the people. A talebearer is um, one that bears tales, <laughs> being a gossiper. So God doesn't want you going around gossiping, gossiping, telling, going to this house. You know, the women are known for this stuff. Go, did you hear this one? Did, did, did you hear that one? Did, this? did you hear that one? Did this? Did you hear about this? Did you hear, you know, the bad stuff, gossiping, talebearer, telling bad things that happened or other people did. And number one, unless you actually saw it, saw it, you might be lying or bearing false witness. Because if you didn't actually see the event, you're just passing along secondhand information. God didn't want that. It causes trouble. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood or life of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. So, God wanted everybody to live in peace, okay? And that's what he wants us to do. 17, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. There's a lot of people have trouble with this. You have a brother, sister, it's either one, it's brother or sister. Your sibling, and you hate them in your heart. You see, you can do that. You can... Be cordial with them, but hate them in your heart. God doesn't want you to do that. And this goes along with spiritual kingdom, too. The brethren, part of the kingdom of heaven, you're not supposed to hate them. You're not supposed to hate any of them, even if you don't like them. If they're the brethren, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So you understand God wants you not to cause trouble for your neighbors, your brethren, those that you know. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So God doesn't want you to go and be vengeful. Something happens in the brethren, the church, or in this case, Israel. If something, somebody did something to someone else, God doesn't want you to take the law into your own Hands. He has rules. He has elders put in place for a reason. We're going to, you know, fix it and let God take care of it because he's going to he's the vengeful one. You're supposed to love your neighbor, not want to harm your neighbor. You shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingle of linen and woolen come upon thee. So God has rules. He has a way to do things naturally. He doesn't want you to have, a, you know, an orange tomato, <laughs> you know, like, or, or a, you you to mix a tomato seed and a banana seed. Uh, they do it today. They they mix these seeds. God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to keep kind with kind. Okay, and that's including the the uh, cattle too. That's animals with a diverse kind. You know, like don't try to mingle the seed of a cow with a horse or a human or something like that, which today I've heard that they, they're doing sheep and humans. Ugh. Anyway, so you're not supposed to mingle the seeds. You're not supposed to produce hybrids. That's why the fallen angels got in trouble with God was because 
It was the supernatural mingling with the natural and made a hybrid. God doesn't like hybrids. And that's the other reason why we know Jesus wasn't a hybrid. He wasn't half God and half human. Jesus was 100% human. He had the logos of God living and dwelling in him, but it had nothing to do with his genetic makeup. You see, and you have people that say, oh, yes, Jesus was God. He was God. He was deity. No, Jesus wasn't deity. He was a complete 100% human being that had the power given to him by God through the Holy Spirit to do the works that he did. So, no, God doesn't like hybrids. Jesus wasn't you know, part God and part human. Because, number one, you can't kill a God. So he wouldn't have been able to die on the cross. And then you've got these crazy people that say, oh, well, he was deity, so he he let his human part die on the cross, and then he removed his God part from his human part and let the, the human part die. <laughs> it's so crazy. Anyway, so God is very particular. He's set things up his way to do things his way in nature and everything else. So do it his way, not your way. And whosoever lieth carnally with a woman that is a bondmaid, betrothed to a husband, and not at all redeemed nor freedom given her, she shall be scourged. They shall not be put to death because she was not free. And, of course, it's going to get into, um, you know, fornication. That's what this is, okay? This isn't just two free people, meaning, you know, two people that... You know, today they're a couple, and they sleep together. You know, they live together, and they sleep together. That's not fornication, okay? Fornication is like this. You have a woman that is a virgin, that is betrothed to a man, and she sleeps with another man. Guess what? God is showing us that if she's a slave, so you have this slave woman, and the owner of the slave woman has set it up so that she's going to marry some man that the owner decided she's going to marry, and the woman and another man fornicate, guess what? She's a slave, so she doesn't have a lot of power. So she can't really say, you know, no, I can't, you know, in those days especially. So the deal is that she wasn't to be killed. She was just to be whipped because, you know, she might have been able to run away or yell or something. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, even a ram for a trespass offering. So the man that slept with her has a sin because he should not have slept with her. She belonged to another person. And so he gets whipped, she gets whipped, and he has to... um, get rid of that sin. And how he gets rid of the sin is to bring his trespass offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before the Lord for his sin which he hath done and the sin which he hath done shall be forgiven him. So the only way that they could get their sins forgiven was through, you know, sacrificing the animals. We don't have to do that. We do that through Jesus Christ. And yes, if you are... Um, 
if you fool around with someone that is married, guess what? You need to stop doing that and you're covered under the blood. That's right. That's that's the grace of the blood of Jesus Christ. You understand? And when he, ye shall come into the land and shall have planted all manner of trees for food, then ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Three years shall it be uncircumcised unto you or unclean. It shall not be eaten. So God is saying, listen, you're going to start a nation. When you get into the nation, there's going to be trees there, fruit trees. I don't want you eating the fruit of those trees for three years. Let the fruit grow and die and grow and die and grow and die. You understand? That's God's rules because that fruit was connected to the people that used to live in the land. So you understand, spiritually, God is saying the same thing. Make sure that you're not connected to any fruit that is connected to others, not a pot of the kingdom of heaven, because to you, it's unclean. And I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about the works. But in the fourth year, all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord withal. So God is saying, listen, it takes time for the fruit to get rid of everything that it had that was connected to the old people that used to be a part of it. And God wanted to make sure that the trees, in this case, were completely and totally the fruit came from what God told them to do because he's going to tell them how to take care of it and make sure they do it the right way and the fruit will be holy, it'll be blessed. Who knows what those other people did? They could have put pesticides, they could have put bad stuff, they could have put, who knows? You know, even in those days, it was, you know, anything they could have done because guess what, in those days they used trees for idol worship and and all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's what God is talking about. And in the fifth year shall ye eat of the fruit thereof, that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I am the Lord your God. So give it five years. The fifth year you can eat the fruit. Ye shall not eat anything with blood, neither shall ye use enchantments nor observe time. So now God's going to get into, you know, different rules. Once you get into um, this nation, I want you to understand that I, you know, these are all jumbled. There's, you know, it's, there's eating blood and enchantments, you know, in those days probably had something to do with each other. So God didn't want you to have anything to do with their types of worship or religion or whatever of the people that lived in the land before you lived there. And so don't eat anything with the blood, okay, so, by the way, uh, if you don't know, liver cleans the blood. So, <laughs> I wouldn't be eating liver. <laughs> it's not good for you. Anything with the blood. Neither shall ye use enchantments. So, practice divination. That means speaking words. So, anything like Wiccan is a religion that we have nowadays, which they call it white magic, and yes, it's definitely magic, but it's connected to the devil. And so this God doesn't have any of that. You don't say hokey pokey, mokey wokey, and, you know, and everything gets all fixed or whatever nonsense they do. It's no divination, okay, and... The next part says, nor observe, or well, soothsaying, observe times, which means like horoscopes. 
That's right. You're not supposed to read your horoscopes. All right? Reading and fortune-telling as a Christian is an abomination to God. Ye shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shall thou mar the corners of thy beard. Now, let's take a look at this. All right? God knows the people that used to live in the nation or nations that Israel was going to take over. And they had all kinds of crazy rituals. And, of course, if they saw some of those people as they were, you know, taking over the nation, some of them were captured, some of them weren't killed, or even if they were killed, they looked down at them and they'd see them and they you know, do strange things with their beards or their hair or all kinds of crazy stuff. You can look at that today. <laughs> You've got all these crazy people that does all kinds of crazy things with their heads and hair and body and all that stuff. You see, that's of the devil. God doesn't want nothing to do with that stuff. And so what God is saying here is, listen, I don't want you to do what they do. Okay? So do what Jesus did. It's pretty simple. Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. So, of course, that's tattoos. <laughs> and in those days, they had rituals that if someone died, you cut your flesh, I guess, to show your pain or observance of them or something. Who knows? And... That's all heathenistic in God's hands and God's eyes. No, don't be doing that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's all garbage, okay, and nothing to do with what God wants us to do and nothing to do with what God wants Israel to do either. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredoms and the land become full of wickedness. So God is saying, listen, if you need money, don't be selling your children, your daughter, to make some money, to have her sleep with men so that she can make you some money. Don't do that. It's done. It definitely is. And it's done in many parts of the world still today. You shall keep my Sabbath and, re- and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. And so keep meaning, yes, six days work, you're allowed to work. And one day take a day of rest. That's all it means. And reverence my sanctuaries. Sanctuary, there's only one and that was going to be the temple of God. It's not a temple in every town. It's not a synagogue in every town. There was one temple, and everybody went to that one temple. There wasn't one in every town, and that's the way God wanted it to be. But when you do go, you're to reference. You're not to be disrespectful to God's house. Regard not them that have familiar spirits. So, regard not them that have familiar spirits. What's a familiar spirit? Uh, a familiar spirit is a demon. Someone that has a demon. Regard not them that have demons. Neither seek after wizards those that have power, like, you know, people that are connected to the dark side that have um, demonic power. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of that today. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord thy God. Do you understand? So going after these people that are on the TV and you see them, that they do all these 
supposed miracles, and um, there's one in particular that I've seen, and, you know, he goes around, he thinks he's so cool as a pastor. He's got all these crazy people following, and he touches people or he just blows on them and they fall down and fall down and fall down and fall down. He he goes down the, the line and boom, 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 boom. They all fall down, and I know people that have actually experienced his power. It has nothing whatsoever to do with God. It has to do with the devil, you understand? And so that's seeking after. So don't go and see him. Don't watch his TV programs and his demonicness because that is demonic. It has nothing whatsoever to do with God or Jesus. Jesus never did anything like that. So understand, if you see or hear of someone that uh, lays people, I call it laying out in the spirit, don't have anything to do with them. They are of the devil. And, of course, they they say, um, you know, oh, yeah, people say that what we're doing is of the devil. We're not of the devil. Um, of course they're going to say that. <laughs> because they don't say <laughs> the devil wants you to think that they're real, you know. But uh, understand these are bad people and working for the devil. Now, I want you to this word regard, regard not them that have familiar spirits. Regard means to turn, to face. So it's talking about going towards someone or being connected to someone or associating with someone or connecting yourself to someone that has a familiar spirit. And so understand that When someone has a demon in them, get away from them. Don't associate with them. 32. Thou shalt rise up before the Ori-Ed and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. So that's talking about showing respect to the elders. They have wisdom and you're supposed to respect them. The kids today don't respect their elders. 33, and if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him, mistreat him. So if someone comes in that you don't know who they are, don't treat them badly. God wants the people to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that's the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, even in Christianity today, if you have someone that is not a part of your church, and they're a stranger, and you're not too sure about them. You've got a lot of these Christian churches that, you know, they may open their arms to say hello, maybe. <laughs> but they, if the person is not going to, you know, agree with them and be, become part of their group, then they won't accept them, even though they're a believer. Even though the stranger is not a non-believer, they're a believer, but if you're not part of us, then we don't want you with us. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So, guess what? If someone that you know, that you don't know, a stranger, a person, for some reason, you have dwelling with you, uh, guess what? Treat them just as if they were not a stranger, like they were family. People that have a problem with that a lot of times. You shall do no unrighteousness and judgment in metyad, in weight, and in measure. So God wants to make sure that when you're doing your scales and balances and selling things in the market, that you're doing it the right way, that you're not trying to cheat people. 
just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hin shall ye have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Which means, don't cheat in business. Pretty simple. It's just. It isn't, oh, I want to make a lot of money, so I'm going to charge people so much money. I have such a problem with that, with business people. You know, like the small business person. I know that they have to make money, but guess what? If they didn't charge so much money, they'd have more customers. Because why should you go to a small business and pay almost double, if not three-quarters more, than you could in a big store? You know, <laughs> you've got money to throw away. No, they're cheating you. So this is what God's talking about. So you make a little bit of a profit on what it costs you, and God will take care of you. Don't mark it way up, because I've heard people, I've said, man, you know, if you don't charge so much money, people will buy more. But if you charge so much money, they might buy one, but that's it. I don't care. I want that money. So, you know, that's what God is talking about. Therefore ye shall observe all my statutes and all my judgments and do them. I am the Lord. So this isn't all of them. He's saying, I've given you a few here, but I want you to do all of them. Follow them, my statutes, my judgments. And if somebody breaks it, make sure that you're punishing them appropriately. And that completes this chapter, Leviticus chapter 19, the books of the Bible. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.